The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The opinions expressed here reflect the judgment of the host and are subject to change. The material has been prepared and can be distributed for information purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. Additional information is available upon request. Please contact Jason Steele at info at westonbanks.com. Welcome to Media and Your Money with host Jason Steele. Our program will help you make the most of your investment plans, whether it's for your future, your child's future, or short- and long-term financial planning. Now, here is your host, Jason Steele. Good morning, East Coast. Wake up and get your coffee, West Coast. Today is Thursday, June 5th, and I've already started to enjoy a relaxed, free summer. My kids are out of school, and I'm working, waking up early to, to run or bike water the grass, read the paper without pushing the kids out the door. You know, today is, we got a lot going on. Um, there's been some big moves today in the overseas. We had some big moves yesterday in the uh, the U.S. equity markets. Yesterday, with media and your money, as we announced in papers and in journals, the Treasury has extended their recent losing streak on Wednesday as the U.S. government debt declined for the fifth straight session. Investors continue to take a breather following last week's impressive rally, and as the U.S. services sector expanded in May at faster rate in more than two years, as the result, the 10-year Treasury note yield increased one and a half basis points to 2.61% and is up 17 basis points during the past five sessions. The 30-year bond yield rose one basis point to 3.44%, while the five-year note yielded roughly about one basis point to 1.65. Mortgage rates fall for the fifth straight week. You know, my wife and I have been looking for homes, and if you're looking to buy a home, you know, we're seeing some of the 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 spring home buying season come to a slow. Freddie Mac said the average rate for a 30-year loan declined 4.12 last week from 4.14. The average for the 15-year mortgage fell to 3.21 from 3.25. Meanwhile, the average rate on a one-year adjustable rate loan edged down 2.41 from 2.43, and the average rate in the five-year adjustable rate is now unchanged at 2.96. The market strategy, who's winning the, the war between the bulls versus the bears? As you know, as we report on media and your money, uh, our job is to try to show you how the influences of technology and paper and newspapers and access to information controls your emotions. Well, the latest U.S. investors intelligence poll, the bullish sentiment increased 62% from 58 A little bit up while the bear sentiment uh, increased also from 17.4 to 17.3. So for those of you expecting a market correction, that number has decreased to roughly 20%. But the big news this morning is the European Central Bank became the first major central bank to take interest rates below zero by cutting its deposit rate. Yes, you heard, below zero. It lowered its main interest rate to 0.15 from, from a quarter, and it cut its deposit rate to negative 0.10. 
President Draghi will hold a press conference later this morning. We might come back to you on that during the show. While Draghi is unlikely to announce a QE program as the U.S. did, he may keep the option alive by providing insight on how the plan would overcome the practical challenges it faces in the Eurozone. Now, keep in mind, you've heard about us on Me and the Money, about the, 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 the effects of government intervention. So keep in mind the growth in the U.S. after we did some of the same things years, years ago. Well, let's turn to our topic of the show, how to lead a life of significance versus success. Today we have our guest, Steve Swain. Steve Swain is the CEO of Step Up Ministries. He has spent time in the publishing business. He has spent time with a couple NBA teams. Steve, welcome. Thanks, Jason. It's good to be here. You know, Steve, I, I got a, I got a, a quick question. How does a guy who spent time in publishing and the NBA end up at a nonprofit in Raleigh, North Carolina? That's a good question, Jason. Uh, I would say that uh, over the course of my life, I have dabbled kind of back and forth between the for-profit world and the nonprofit world. Uh, I had the privilege out of college of working for two NBA basketball teams, uh, the L.A. Clippers and the Miami Heat, and uh, after that eight-year stint, uh, spent six years working for a, a nonprofit ministry called Young Life that uh, works with high school and junior hires and was working at a camp, uh, running a camp with my wife. And then after that, kind of bounced back in with with uh, one of my closest friends. Uh, he and I created a publishing business called By Design Publishing that provided customizable marketing materials, primarily for real estate agents. And uh, we were just lucky. We started the business back in '03 and built it from uh, basically my partner's basement into a. 75-person company, we wow. about $15 million in sales, and sold it uh, in August of 07, right before the crash. So uh, as we had discussed way back when, when uh, more than 20% of your business is in one sector, uh, you know you're in trouble if the whole market crashes. And at that point, you know, if you remember back to 07, the real estate market was just flying and no one could have anticipated uh, the downturn that uh, really crippled our economy. But we were we, fortunate. We see all of that go through. I mean, we, we, we have many business guys that come on, and it's just not every sector. You're talking about the publishing sector got hurt, the marketing sector Correct. got hurt, the real estate sectors got hurt. And it sounds like you had this little bit of a foundation. Um, I did Young Life in, 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 in college and in high school. Um, you know, you had this foundational moment where you're probably just trying to pick the pieces up and say, you know, is the entrepreneur what, what's the pull between entrepreneurship and and spirit? I guess giving of of your time and your life to yeah, a Yeah, and so with the, with the sale of the business, uh, uh, my wife and I really kind of looked at life, and she's from Raleigh, and so we moved back to Raleigh in '07, and uh, I went to visit a couple of pastors and basically communicated that I didn't want to go back in the business world, felt like I wasn't supposed to go to seminary or get into the government sector. And he's like, you know, and one of the gentlemen said, well, 
there's really only one thing left for you to do, and that's to go run a nonprofit. So I said, well, okay, what's out there? And he said, well, there are all these different uh, nonprofits, but uh, I'd, I'd encourage you if you uh, are interested in, in blending your faith with uh, uh, a nonprofit to go see this thing called Step Up. And I said, okay. And I wandered uh, uh, over one afternoon and took a look at it and pretty much just fell in love with it and uh, applied. And they hired me as uh, executive director way back when in, I think, April of 08. And I've been doing it ever since. Now, I understand that uh, one of the little bit of reading, you had taken, I guess, this job at Step Up with like three or four employees. Uh, where where are you today, and, and really exactly what does Step Up do? Sure. So, Jason, Step Up basically does primarily three things. Uh, we work primarily with underemployed, low-income individuals, adults and children, and basically teach them the basic job skills to get a job, uh, uh, and then a one-year life skills class that teaches budgeting, goal-setting, career development and debt reduction uh, on a basic level. Uh, so as, as you think about your life and, and, and how you assist people from a financial standpoint in terms of managing their money, we're teaching it at a very basic level to individuals who, frankly, uh, on so many different walks of life have never learned how to manage money uh, and teach them the basics uh, around that. And then once people completed the job skills class and get employed and then complete the one-year life skills class, they can then enter into alumni programs that teach uh, middle-class express living, teach, uh, uh, we teach a one-year entrepreneur class to teach individuals uh, how to start up their own companies and then be successful in those companies. Uh, so that's step up. Uh, when I started, we had six people on staff and a budget of about 300000 here in Raleigh. Uh, we now are in two locations, Raleigh and Greensboro. The Raleigh uh, office has 32 people on staff, a budget of close to $2 million. And last year, we placed almost 400 people in employment. Wow. In Greensboro, uh, there are six people on staff. They, they took our... our uh, curriculum and all of our back-end structure and replicated step up in Greensboro, they have, uh, like I said, six people on staff. Their budget's about a half a million. And uh, last year, two years in, this, this last year in 2013, they placed 181 people in Greensboro in jobs. And to put that into perspective, back in 08 when I started, we were putting 140 people in jobs, and Step Up in Raleigh had been in existence for 20 years. So they've basically taken something that took Step Up 20 years to get to, uh, and in two years have just fast-forwarded it uh, to the place it's at today. Well, what, let's talk about that. I mean, you know, we've had some conversations about affecting change, and 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 the business that Western Banks Wealth Partners is in is – our tagline together for significance. Our tagline is letting people know there's a there's a big hill in front of you as you kind of go through life, and there's challenges that come. And as we see 
I can relate that to media and your money. We see people constantly checking cell phones, constantly checking uh, uh, papers, having to constantly react. And and for me as a broker and a financial advisor, we're constantly trying to tell people to unplug themselves. And I would I would assume and and think this challenge that Step Up had, and I'm, I'm curious to see how the the the, the growth happened. With so much of technology advancement, you probably have used technology to your advantage. But two, how do we start to impact this change? I mean, you talk about going from a three hundred thousand dollar budget to to two million to all these things in such a fast pace. Were you changing people's hearts? Were you were you were you getting people plugged in differently? I'm, I'm trying to understand how exactly do you grow like that? Yeah, I think um, you know, Jason. I think there are, whether it's a business, a church, a nonprofit, there are basic principles that uh, I feel like I have learned, and and clearly it's not, um, it, it's clearly not anything that I just thought up. It's 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 so much information that people have over the years uh, imparted into my life that uh, has helped me uh, just get to the place that I'm at. And, and it's not through uh, always being successful. There, there have definitely been failures along the way. I would say as it pertains to Step Up, it's a, it's a combination of multiple things. I would say that uh, to start, I recognized coming in that in order for whether it's a business or a nonprofit, the success of that nonprofit only or that business only goes as far as how good your board is. And in order for uh, a nonprofit or a business to be incredibly successful, it just needed it needs a whole host of wise, vision-driven people who, over the course of their lives, have learned various wisdom that then imparts itself right through, in this respect, step up into the nonprofit. And so I I didn't know that right away. Um, I would say when I started in 08, um, I I don't think I realized, being an entrepreneur, how important a strong board is. Uh, When I, you know, kind of think back through my life, I didn't really experience that. You know, eight years in the NBA, I didn't. I was doing marketing and PR, so I didn't really touch into the wisdom of the backside of a company from a board standpoint. And then running a camp, I didn't really experience that a whole lot. And then as an entrepreneur with my business partner, we just kind of took a publishing idea and just plowed away at it. You know, most entrepreneurs, God bless them, they don't. They're not thinking about boards. They're thinking about we gotta we gotta build this company and sell this product and and build revenue, uh, mm, yeah. and you just don't have time to stop and think about, especially in an entrepreneurial mode set. But I, you know, having experienced this for seven years now, I would tell any entrepreneur that the first thing you ought to do is put a board of advisors together, of people that you can give you wisdom from an outside perspective, because it's critical. And so what's some of the steps that, you know, when you go look for these board members, it sounds like 
You look for a board member that's got a heart of giving. It's not just the pocket he has. Right. It's it's basically the heart. And I think I want to kind of d- delve into that and that impacting change because, you know, the part of the show that I want to really talk about is how we go from a, a life of significance versus success. And and so when you spend time with your board members, are you finding members that are that have have made the money and basically realized they got to this plateau and there was nothing there? Because I would tell you from a biblical standpoint, when we go back and look at the ministry that we're all in, you know, I can bring up all the Bible verses that we quote our, our clients. And, 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 and one is Second Corinthians 9, 8, where it says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. And so how do you. How, how do we get into these guys' hearts so that we could change their and engineer their life to giving? I mean, how do these board members get involved to where they want to give? Is it just really yeah. – it, it's different. I, I would say that there are a couple things, right? I mean, I think that when, when I think about my own life I, – I can't speak for others, but when I think about my own life, I think two things consistently – resonate within my life. The, the first is uh, Christ told stories. His whole life was uh, designed not around telling people what to do, but using parables, using stories to communicate good news to people and ultimately how they ought to live their life. And so I think for me, being attracted to people's stories, being a- attracted to honestly the depravity that is uh, uh, pervasive in poverty. Poverty is not just a financial issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's an emotional issue. It's an intelligence issue. Poverty runs. It's a familial issue. It's generational. It it is something that is uh, not discussed much because uh, the media doesn't really highlight um, uh, the issues around hunger in our country. The media doesn't highlight the issues around unemployment very much in our country. The media never talks about what a living wage is in our country. That that discussion never comes up around, you know, there's a minimum wage that each state gets to set, right, as we all know. But no one ever really gets into a living wage discussion about, you know, what Mm -hmm. does it really take to be uh, stable in our society? And so I think the first is stories. And then I would say the second thing that I really recognized, you know, Jason, and I, I know you believe this too, that at some point you have got to create quality. And in order to create quality, you have to understand the people you're serving. Mm-hmm. You have to. And it doesn't matter whether it's your business or you're running a golden corral or you're uh, uh, running a church. You have to understand your constituents. And so we, you know, quickly into the job in, in, in 08, I just started spending time with the people that we serve and listening to them discuss over and over again the eight, ten things that we just found consistently were plaguing people. And we just set out to take a model and just improve it one over another over another. And that's everything, Jason, from bringing in a curriculum developer that brought in people from North Carolina State and Duke and UNC and Wake County and Wake Tech to study the model, to study 
individual development plans of people. I mean, we, we brought in hundreds of people to study this who have wisdom from all over the place, churches, to just look at how do you create something that moves someone who is homeless or struggled with substance abuse, has been unemployed for several years, how do you move them from that place to a place of stability where they have their own apartment, their own car, they have a job, they know how to budget, they're saving money. All of these steps, you don't just snap your fingers. This is it a takes huge, a relationship. It's it what it does. It takes a relationship time in there. And so, you know, we, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we get back. We're going to talk about this relationship and, and how you can make it an experience. So I'm with Steve Swain from Step Up Ministry. Uh, this is Jason Steele. We're going to take a quick commercial break on how to lead a life of significance versus success. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Media and Your Money with Jason Steele. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to jason.steele at westonbanks.com. That's jason.steele at westonbanks.com. Now, back to media and your money. Welcome back, listeners. My name is Jason Steele. I'm the host of Media and Your Money. And if you're just joining us, we've got Steve Swain, Step Up CEO, which is a nonprofit ministry that helps those in need find jobs. Uh, create budgets, create a lifestyle that allows them to live in a community that's constantly changing with technology, constantly changing with advancement, and allowing them to live a life that allows them to breathe and move forward. And um, Steve, we were kind of finishing up uh, about the, you know, uh, the the impacting change, and I want to move back. 
I want to go back to this board you're talking about. You know, uh, you and I have been friends for a while, and we ex- and we we experienced some change here at Western Banks by you know taking your advice and creating a board as well. And uh, I'll bring on to the listeners that Steve is a board member of of uh, advisory council member for Western Banks Wealth Partners, and allows us to keep our feet grounded to the ground. So, Steve, when you go out and pick a board, how do you find guys that see the vision? Well, I, I think I would start back and say that um, when you so right now, uh, Step Up is in the process of, as I mentioned earlier, we're in Raleigh and Greensboro, and, and we're looking to put Step Up into Durham. And and, and there's a, both an art and a science to selecting a board, and, and it's it's more than just vision and heart and wisdom. You know, you're looking for specific skills that people bring to the table, and you, you can call it wealth, wisdom, and work. You can call it time, talent, treasure. But you can also look at it from a professional standpoint as well. And so you, you, we have a spreadsheet that we've created that really breaks down when you have a board of 12 to 18 people, what do you need? And so we, we look very strategically around the professions, the churches, the uh, the affiliations that people bring. And then, you know, Jason, from there, uh, we just set up uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of meetings to go meet people and to, in a, cess, in a sense, uh, even though the, the individuals don't realize this, assess whether we think in that one-hour meeting they might make a good board member or not. And we don't necessarily talk to people about in that first meeting whether they would consider serving on the board. It's more of an, in a sense, interview of the person, even though we're trying to just introduce them to step up and what we're trying to do. It becomes more of an interview of the person to see, hey, does this person exhibit passion? Do they understand uh, the complexities of poverty? Mm. Do they want to see people grow. And so those are things that are constantly running in the back of my mind as I meet with people. And then we target a list and our nominating committee on our boards uh, then go and and pursue a wide range of people. You know, and if you're if you're looking to replace four or five board members, which is consistently our issue on each of the boards, whether it's Raleigh or Greensboro, you've got to meet with fifteen or twenty people. Because there are going to be several people who just don't have the time or aren't passionate about what you're doing. And so, you know, we kind of use this rule of thumb that for every four people you ask, one person's going to say yes. And so those people that say yes, do you see them using the board as literally, you know, I, I've, I've met my plateau. I mean, there is something better with my life. And I know that uh, giving back from a board's perspective is more than just sitting on the board it's really making a dynamic change in society, and Step Up tries to make a dynamic change in society. Yeah, and, you know, the interesting thing, you would think that uh, this is just fascinating for me, uh, and it's such a unique place to be, but you you recognize that that the intent of Step Up 
by some amazing people who helped found it a long time ago, 25 years ago. The intent was to serve and walk alongside uh, people in need. That there was this deep need to see uh, impoverished people become who God wanted them to be, way beyond uh, physical or financial poverty, way beyond that. But the interesting thing when you watch Step Up from the position I've been in is there's an argument to be made that Step Up actually impacts uh, the volunteers and the board on a much larger level than it ever does with the people that are coming through it because it introduces people to uh, uh, depravity in a way that... Uh, is, is incredibly humbling. Mm. And, and in mm. that, people see the issues and the struggles that a lot of really good people, and when I say that, I'm talking about uh, the people we serve and the opportunities that people need that, that frankly, you and I have, have worked hard at but have also been uh, blessed uh, by our parents uh, to be in positions where we're able uh, to excel in life. You know, so it really sounds like these guys are, you know, they're making, and these women that are on your board are, are making more than just a transaction. They're making it an experience. And, and, and I can understand the ups and downs of some experiences that I've seen in the past by abuses of money and abuses of giving. Can, can you comment on some of the positives and some of the negatives we see in giving in today's, you know, society and, and what you've seen in Step Up? Yeah, you know, it, it's so fascinating, right? You, 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 watch, you watch the way money, uh, you know, obviously as a nonprofit and in any business, you need money to be successful. You need money and you need people to engage in something that uh, allows you to take a paycheck. And yet, you also recognize that there are moments where you see that money has strings attached to it. And, and what I've learned in seven years to step up in the beauty of all of this is that, you know, when you think about it from a political standpoint, step up takes money from Republicans and Democrats. Mm -hmm. we, we swing a wide spectrum of people who are incredibly conservative who love this ministry and people who are incredibly progressive and who love this ministry. And so you, you recognize that I think ultimately you, you hope, and, and obviously we're not seeing this from a political standpoint, but you hope that, that there are leaders that desire practical change that you look at an issue and you can come to a table with a practical solution instead of, of an ideological solution. And it, it's pretty clear to me that um, when you can move people to a place where their heart is moved, where it's truly moved by the people you're serving, and then they can see the quality of it. And when I talk about quality, Jason, I... I think about the reality that, you know, in the business world, uh, there is a incredible amount of 
uh, efficiency and pre uh, precision, it, it, whatever industry that you're working in, if you're working for a good company, uh, there there is uh, a level of uh, thought, reflection, and frankly, data tracking that become critical uh, to the lifeblood of a business. In the nonprofit space, it, it's a very different model. Most nonprofits get started by people with incredible passion, and the passion takes you to a place. And then the nonprofits that I found that really outstretch themselves are those nonprofits that track data and use the knowledge of what they're learning by the data to impact more change. Uh, and I found that those nonprofits that really get serious about information uh, uh, just continue to grow because people see the quality of what what that nonprofit is trying to do. And, and I think you got to focus on those people that that see the focus you're trying to do because I know there's programs I go to in my career when you know I get an invitation, I'm showing up to a banquet, I'm showing up to a breakfast, and quite frankly, I, I get there and I'm an all going, well, this is great. But I really just kind of feel like oh, I am write my check for five hundred dollars and you know walk away. And there you go. I check it off my checklist. I'm a good person. Move it away. But but I can see where that does help. Kind of meet some of the bills and things for the for the program. But if I'm not engaged back with the program and if I'm not going down and visiting and taking the walk and walking through and seeing it, I think it would be hard to impact change. And I think that's kind of where Step Up somehow it sounds like has grown in the last. You know, uh, eight years you've been there is you've been able to get these people from writing checks at meals to writing checks at meals and volunteering and coming back and, 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 and impacting this change and building these relationships is what it sounds like. Sure. I mean, one of the one of the philosophies that we have, I mean, when you think about placing, you know, almost 400 people in Raleigh and jobs and almost 200 people in Greensboro and jobs, you need a whole swath of employers who are willing to take chances on people. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? Well, I could, Jason, talk to you till I'm blue in the face, but until people actually see the quality of it and actually recognize, especially from an employer standpoint, that we in a, in, in a, in a, we never intended to be this way, but it just turned out to become this, we've become a pre-employment screening agency. And so employers, we, we never tell an employer, hey, hire from us right away. Come see it. Come put your eyes on it. So we have, you know, every other Thursday, we have two or three employers that come down and actually see the training and kind of put their eye to it and go, huh, all right, these guys are really serious. When they say 9 o'clock, they mean 9 o'clock. When, when they say you're going to show up for a 9 o'clock uh, interview, you show you up at there nine. Yeah, That's on time, and you get to know, you know, the the teachings of Step Up. You you recognize that the person that inter that interviews you is not the most important person. The most important person is the first person you meet, which typically is the receptionist. And imagine if you're teaching a whole slew of people that when you go in for an interview. That when you're done, you learn the name of the receptionist and you drop her a handwritten note thanking you for the time. Wow. Those what are the small that, things you what, don't what see What is anymore. that receptionist going to do? She is going to basically give a input 
to anybody in the community and give a grateful heart back to anybody in the in the community or to the, in the workforce about Correct. what that person just did. And it comes Correct. from somebody in lower tier. And yeah, you know, it's funny because I mean, I, I see today as we hire young people out of college, there's this entitlement issue, and I don't want to get off on a tangent, but right. but these kids, I can't. It's five oh one. They're walking out the door. It's it's eight thirty one. They're walking in the door, and 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 um, it's it's that's not taught anymore. And if step up is doing that. Um, you're making effective change and making businesses better anyway. Correct. So I, I want I want to kind of move into uh, a step up. I mean, as you go and do these things, are there any creative giving solutions that you have come up with that we can do personally, implement in our own lives? Um. Are there programs like when step up as a ministry and nonprofit that are giving levels, or it really is give what you can? We know it, and and you and you're still well, so you're talking to more people than impacting change and, and and getting involved. Sure, I mean I think so. There's so many uh, on so many levels. Uh, isn't it interesting when you think about this? Right, that so often in life, people want to tell you wisdom. You know, how often do you ask someone for wisdom? Rarely do you ask people for wisdom. Usually people want to tell you wisdom. And so mm-hmm. as, you, as you think about what we've tried to do, a lot of what we try to teach is not verbal. And I'll give you an example of that. When you graduate from a one-week jobs class and, and you... Uh, have gotten a job and you enter our one-year life skills class, you are required to bring a $10 money order to class. Now, for those of you who don't know, getting a money order, you have to actually think first about where do you go to get a money order. And, you know, when I started back in 08, I had no idea where you go to get a money order. Money order. (laughs) Money order. Where do you go to get a money order? And the reason why we do that is anybody can bring a $10 bill or write a check, but by forcing individuals to go actually get a money order somewhere, you actually are forcing without recognizing it that they have to think through, wait, okay, where, where's the money order? How do I get there? And I have to get there before the class at 6. Mm. And so I have to think through for my life, how do I plan this and go get that and then bring it? And then what we do creatively is once you pay on time, which 95% of the people coming through our life skills program do, we match it with $10. And so now all of a sudden, indirectly, you're teaching people the value of money, the value of investing. And obviously, as you would say, Jason, where can you find a place where $10 becomes $20 right away? Mm. It doesn't. 100% return on investment. Yeah. Correct. That's That's we talk about that all the time, that you're not going to find 100% return on investment anywhere. So if you're not going to bring the $10 money order in, you might as well just give it to me so that I can take it. Mm. You're basically mm. just kissing away $10. And so what we've done is create a massive savings plan for people where at the end of their one-year life skills class, they can go away with uh, anywhere from 1500 to $2,000, which that is a massive amount of money for someone who has never saved. 
That's a lot of money. I mean, that's, that's, a, that, lot you, of that's a lot of money, a lot of small money. Steve, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some some power planning and some great things that you know we here at Western Banks have been able to put in, in, in process. And um, let me get your comments on that. Maybe we can help the listeners find a way to live, lead a life of significance for success. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Media and Your Money with Jason Steele. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to jason.steele at westonbanks.com. That's jason.steele at westonbanks.com. Now, back to Media and Your Money. Good morning. If you're just joining us, San Francisco, get your coffee. We have been talking with Steve Swain, CEO of Step Up. We've been Looking at what it looks like to maybe change your habits, your mind, and your lifestyle to lead a life of significance and to change your giving habits. Steve has spent a few uh, minutes on talking about uh, designing a board, engineering a board that can make a everlasting change for for our ministry. Uh, he's talked about how to how to uh, change your heart and to be able to build relationships. And when you change your heart, you'll see great things come from those. Heart changing becomes experience, and I think a lot of it is having the experience of, of a life of giving. But we want to talk about power planning, Steve. You know, here at Western Bank's Wealth Partners, obviously we are uh, financial planners. Uh, uh, we create uh, uh, benchmarks and great financial plans. And one of the reasons I'm going to walk through real quickly is what we call the yellow brick road syndrome. And not quite sure exactly how everybody does their money, but I'm going to give a quick example of what makes sense. So for most folks who are out there today uh, listening, 
you know, you go to a financial advisor and their job is to basically ask all the questions about when you're going to die, when you're going to inherit money, uh, uh, when you're going to pay your mortgage off, what kind of income needs you have, um, what kind of giving do you need, you need a car every seven years, and you budget for all this. And so at Weston Banks Wealth Partners, we basically turn back around and build this financial life plan. And this plan makes what's called a, a ledger, what I refer to as a yellow brick road. Now, along that yellow brick road, we're going to have some issues that happen in the economy because, again, and Meeting Your Money talks about, there's a lot of access to information that gets put out there via media, via newspapers, that causes volatility, that causes declines, and it also causes bull markets. So the Q1, Q2, Q3 effect was to help save the U.S. economy based on uh, interest rates and lending and programs and banks falling. But in the hindsight, it helped the U.S. market come back 100%. So for most folks that we plan money with, uh, we would make this financial plan. So if the financial plan to say, Steve, is 7% the, per year before you retire, well, my question always happens, well, what do you do when you do 28% like we did in the S&P 500 last year? So one of our questions we ask our, 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 our clients is, if you had more money than you ever thought you would ever need, what would you do differently today that you don't do right now? And we see our answers come back from giving the step up or, or helping my grandchildren or uh, uh, taking a trip to Paris or uh, providing some more charitable intent to the church. Uh, but a lot of it really comes up to is just travel. And I find that when we work with our, with, our, with our clientele, the reason they don't have a heart to give and they're not engineered to give is because they haven't had an advisor that's giving them permission to give or two – they haven't identified with themselves that it's okay to release. So we'll talk about that. So in our situation, let's just talk about 2012 and 13. Somebody who's put the plan together, Yelbrook Road for 7%, um, you know, has made an average of roughly 17% in two years when they only sure. want to make seven. So in our process, Steve, we pull off money off this off the off the off the bucket process that we do and we put it in a conservation bucket and we call the client back and say Steve you know I think this would be a great time uh, for you to take a percentage of these excesses in your life when you answered questions about uh, having more money you said you want to take a trip or, or, or give and so we then give them permission to do so mm-hmm. and and I don't know exactly uh, you and I have talked in the past and and there's lots of programs you can you can give to um, Steve, where, where do you give? How do you how do you give in, in your programs when you get to step up? Well, first, uh, you know, Jason, going back from my own life, just personally, I mean, the beauty of of how uh, my wife and I have set up just giving is is we just recognize very much uh, that all that we've been given, everything, and and. Abund- given way more than we ever deserved, um, that that it all comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that has just been an incredible blessing for us. Um, and in that, we have recognized that, and, and I'm human, so my natural tendency is to keep it for myself, and my natural tendency is to um, think about me. And I recognize that, and uh, that will be a battle until I die. <laughs> and so um, the beauty of, of the National Christian Foundation is that, 
you force yourself to give through stock on what's been uh, not only what you've generated in income, but also what you've generated in interest off of your investments to National Christian Foundation. And it's like giving, but then it just sits there, and then uh, you are able to donate uh, when you feel moved to give to different nonprofits or different churches or different uh, causes that uh, are kind of pulling at your heart. And I have just found it to be an incredible vehicle to keep me accountable uh, because otherwise I would just quite honestly, I, I wouldn't tithe. Mm, yeah. I, I, think, I think if we were honest with ourselves, if we were truly honest with ourselves, for the amount of, and this is not a judgment, this is just statistical, that about if everyone who called themselves a Christian in the United States gave 10%, I think the giving right now, uh, at least in the United States, is around 1%. Wow. You would have a massive, and I mean, we would wipe out hunger, homelessness. There would be things that we just wiped out. And I think a lot of it, for me at least, is a heart issue. I, I want what's best for me. And what's best for me isn't always necessarily what's best. And I recognize that. And so uh, keeping that level of accountability for my own life, can't speak for others, but I can speak for myself that I recognize that I'm an incredibly selfish individual, and if I don't have uh, something in my path to keep me grounded, I, I just would go do my own thing. And I think that's the, 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 the mistake that most Americans make, and it really comes down from that internal heart change and the accountability of having that with you. And, you know, there's a, there's a stat out there that 88% of American households donate to charities annually. The thing is they donate at the end of the year. <laughs> so it's not like they're doing it January, February, March, April, May, June, July. And, and I love the process that we're into because the market doesn't go up just annually. It goes up Correct. during the first quarters. It goes wherever. And so uh, I've had conversations with clients, and we've been able to effect change by changing their hearts because you've heard about the, the market goes away in May or pay your taxes and go away in May. But for the last three years, besides this year in 2013 and 12, the market was up an average of 11 or 12% by March sure. 15th. And so if that client's trying to make 7%, We've already called them back and said you have an extra 40000 more than you ever need, and, right. and we're helping you affect this change. So let's take a percentage of that and give to your, your favorite programs. And um, you know, for my wife and I, we have an institution that we give to. I'm not sure how you give. Do you just write checks, or do you just – is there a simpler way to give the way you give? Um, well, uh, the, the beauty for, for uh, my wife and I is, is – uh, Primarily, we give through stock just because of the appreciation, and then you don't end up paying the tax. Uh, I would highly encourage people to do that. So instead of even writing a check to, like, a National Christian Foundation or a check to charity, you write someone like yourself a check, and mm -hmm. you invest that money, and then a few years later, whatever it is appreciated to, you give the portion of the appreciation, and then you save yourself the tax 
about. That's great. And, and that's exactly one of the best ways to give is buying low yep. uh, stock and moving it up and giving out that, that money. And so the National Christian Foundation, as you talked about, will accept that stock, you know, in whether it's cash donation, whether it's a stock donation. And that's, right. that's, that's a beautiful thing to, uh, to move forward. And the one thing I love about all the, the, the way we, we, you work those processes is, as I mentioned earlier about the Yellow Brick Road is, you know, our clients are always worried about, you know, the decline that's coming. And so there's always going to be a tin man. You know, you're going to run to our cowardly lion as we head to our Oz, which is our retirement date. And uh, and as we go through that, I tell people, you know, you've got to have this plan for plan for, for your life for retirement, but also for giving because you never want to make your giving based on the amount of money you have. You want to make it in a, a hard issue. And then we know those excesses will come through and, and allow you to leave a lot life of significance um, and find that accountability. But, Steve, as we wrap this show up, I'm going to ask you one last sure. question. And that question is, if you have some lasting words of advice for our, la- for our listeners, what would that be? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, I think for so much of my life and, and you know, I, I've – been in and out of church for probably 20 years, you realize that um, you hear this all the time. I, I mean, if, if people go to church, they're going to hear that it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And I think for so much of my life, I listened to that and just said, oh, that's a bunch of hogwash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's, it's tough. No, uh uh-uh. Right, let's be honest, that's tough. And I realized somewhere along the way that that was really a heart condition for me, that it really truly was a heart condition. And why would I be so stubborn around every church you go into? It doesn't matter what church you go into. The pastor is going to at some point say that, maybe not every week, but at some point in the course of the history of that church, that verse is going to get mentioned. And I just realized several years back that there was something wrong with me. It it wasn't that there was something wrong with what I was being, that was being said to me. There was something wrong with me. And uh, I really, you know, it's a much deeper conversation, but you recognize that that is absolutely correct, that the, the blessing that I have received uh, around embracing that and, and seeing change and forget the change that it does in other people's lives, what it does to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, it, it's, it, it's remarkable. Well, Steve, I can't thank you enough for spending the, the hour with us here on Media and Your Money. Um, we know that our, our lives are not uh, uh, born engineered for giving. And it really takes a relationship with our Lord and Savior to be able to know that, that he is all we need. And upon accepting that, we find that the abundance and the joy and the experience of giving makes us have a life worth living. I'm Jason Steele. This is Media and Your Money. Join us next week as we talk with Dorsey Wright, one of the tactical managers that helps planning for the IRA enhanced that we run uh, – a more opportunistic idea and plans we move forward in managing money for you. Thanks so much and join us next week.
Thank you again for tuning in this week to Media and Your Money. Please join your host, Jason Steele, again next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk next week. We'll be right back.